Good morning, dear friends. It's been such a gift to be living with the Easter story this past week, and along the way again to be holding each of you in my heart. Please join me now in prayer. Dear God of life, Easter us, Easter us all over again today and show us that though our world may still feel so very dark, that the light of your love is already breaking through. And help us to never, ever forget that the darkness could not, cannot, and won't ever be able to overcome your light. As I share now, May your Holy Spirit come alongside each of us so that we might receive exactly what we need for the challenges we face in the days ahead. We pray all this in the strong name of our risen Lord. Amen. Easter happens while it is still dark. The stone is rolled away from the tomb while it is still dark. The resurrection happens even while Mary Magdalene and Peter and John still think that they are stuck forever in a Good Friday world. God raises Jesus. Love rises even while it is still dark. And it's only while it is still dark here for us, living in our pandemic world, where we're all locked up in our rooms for fear of the coronavirus, that I have finally noticed after 20 years of preaching this hugely significant detail in our Easter story. It's right there in verse 1 of John 20. God raises Jesus while it is still dark. So friends, let us now walk through the Easter story with Mary Magdalene and then return to what verse 1 might mean for all of us still living in a world that feels so very dark. Our story opens today with Mary Magdalene, sick with grief, heading in the dark to the tomb of Jesus, her beloved teacher and friend. You know, one of the most distinctive features of the Jesus movement is the presence of women, so scandalous in Jesus's day, as the faithful patrons and loyal friends of Jesus. For Mary Magdalene, Jesus is the one who'd earlier cast out seven demons from her, setting her free from some terrible, toxic mix of spiritual bondage, physical suffering, and social isolation. So now she refuses to abandon her Savior, even after his life 
has been brutally extinguished and his movement crushed. When Mary arrives at Jesus' tomb, she finds the stone rolled away. And so she quickly runs to share this shocking news with the other disciples. Contemporary commentators like Nadia Boltzweber have helped us to see that for Mary Magdalene, Jesus is the only one who's ever been able to see who she really is. For for many, Mary Magdalene may still just be that crazy woman, but for Jesus, she is Mary, the beloved daughter of God. And so today, we hear Mary Magdalene crying out three times, first to Peter and John, and then two more times as well. They've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've put his body. In other words, they've taken away my wholeness that I only ever felt with Jesus, and I'll never, ever feel it again. They've taken away love, and I'll never find it again. They've taken away my hope, and I'll never, ever feel it again. And after Peter and John sprint to Jesus' tomb, all they do is simply confirm and believe that his tomb is really empty. All they see is the laundry of a dead person, linen and cloth wrappings. And all they do then is go back home. But when Mary Magdalene gets to the tomb, she stays there. And through her tears, through her tears, blessed are those who mourn, she is able to see more clearly than the other two. She alone has the vision, the night vision that enables her not just to see discarded laundry, but two angels in the dark. And through her tears, she is the first one actually to be able to see the risen Jesus, though she still mistakes him only for the gardener. Don't you just have to wonder if Jesus has a twinkle in his eye when he asks her, who are you looking for? And then she responds that she's only looking for her teacher's missing body. And then Jesus says to her, Mary. And his calling her by name penetrates her sorrow. Deep calls to deep. He's the only one who can say her name that way. And she immediately cries out, Rabboni, teacher. Jesus is not over. And you have to wonder, has Jesus called out Mary 
like this? Did he call out Mary like this when he earlier cast out those seven demons? And did Jesus sometimes gently whisper, Mary, when she was caught again in fear or self-hatred? And so now our dear Mary Magdalene takes hold of Jesus for dear life. She never wants to let go of his loving presence ever again. Can everything just go back now to the way it used to be? But Jesus tells Mary now, don't hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father. In other words, there's no going back to the good old days. After God raises Jesus, Jesus isn't just resuscitated or restored to the way he once was. He is resurrected and transformed. Jesus dies and Christ rises. And in his risen glory, he's different enough that he's not always recognized at first, even by those who know him best. But before he ascends, he wants to invite Mary and all of us into his awesome intimacy with God. Look at verse 17. He says to Mary, Go to my followers and tell them, I am ascending to my Abba and your Abba, to my God and your God. Christ now wants to share with Mary and with us his deep and abiding communion with God. He is inviting our whole human family on his endless journey into the love of God. In this very dark time of pandemic, I found myself powerfully drawn to the writing of Rebecca Solnit. She is an author who has done extensive research on human disasters from the San Francisco earthquake in 1906 to Hurricane Katrina in 2005. You know, the usual narrative is that these times bring out the very worst in people, even our savagery. But to her great surprise in her interviews, people invariably remember these dark times as ones in which they felt more alive, more centered in the present moment, and more connected with their neighbors than ever before. Though horrible, she writes that disasters can be a door back into paradise. 
paradise, the realm in which we are who we hope to be, in which we do the work we really desire, and in which we are our sisters and brothers' keepers. Disasters are a time so rare in our world anymore when we are all having one shared experience and united by one shared purpose. Solnit discovered that people often remember these disasters as a time when they didn't fall apart but actually fell together with their neighbors. When they all rose together, rose together from the carnage, wreckage, and the ashes. And I would add, when God was powerfully at work among all of them for good. Dear, dear friends, what if our current pandemic, though a horrible tragedy, might become for all of us a time of great spiritual awakening individually, as a congregation, as a nation, and as a human family, when all of us finally, finally awaken from our terrible nightmare of separateness from each other and from God. May God give us the vision, the night vision, to see and to join what God is already doing in our world right now, even while it is still dark. Amen.